I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. That's right. Uh We're we're just here surviving the heat wave. (laughs) Oh my gosh, turn it off. I mean, truly, not the not the AC, although maybe the AC. I do keep getting reminders from the city of Los Angeles. It's like, hey, we're afraid that the city is going to have a blackout. Turn all your shit off. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, but honestly, well, one, I have two dogs. There's no way I could leave my dogs at home with no AC all day. And secondly, our one AC that we have in our living room is barely doing anything. Like, it's keeping the apartment at a livable hot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Even just cooking pasta last night, Uh I was dripping over the pot. I'm like, don't drip into the sauce. I mean, it's just you and Max, right? That's fine. I feel We just talked about how, like, type A he is about stuff. He would not be cool with sweat in the sauce. He would never know. He'd be like, it's a little saltier than usual. That's I it. would know. <laughs> would never know. Um, but no, I mean, like, even if you can't, I guess we're, we're coming in hot with a PSA right from the top. But like, if you can't not run your AC because it is ridiculously hot, like yeah. it has been. I'm sure everyone who doesn't live in a place where there's a heat wave right now is sick of everyone talking about it. But it has been like over 100 degrees for like a week. Yeah. 
And so it's not always possible to like not run your AC uh, if you have it or whatever, but just make sure you're turning off lights if you're not using them. Yeah, for sure. Or whatever else, because it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I'm getting really sick of it. It's just exhausting. Yeah, it's supposed to break, I think, on the day this episode comes out. Perfect. It's supposed to break on Friday, I think. Don't let's, hold me to it. Let's look forward to it. Hopefully, by the time we're listening back to this episode, everything will be A-OK in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if not, just catch me at the beach, because that's what I did last weekend. Yeah, for like, real. I mean, that's the only thing you can do. You got to get either in a body of water or near a body of yes. water, like ASAP. Which is my favorite anyway. Right? But, All right. Should we get into some news topics? Let's do it. Uh, so... This is the first news topic that I have to talk about today. Both of my news topics are actually pretty good. So this one is that a judge in New Mexico on Tuesday disqualified a man named Cui Griffin. I I don't know how you say his name. It's C-O-U-Y. Okay. Cui? Coy? Cowie? Cowie? It doesn't matter. I feel um, like Cowie, but then that doesn't sound right. It sounds like I'm calling someone a cow. Mr. Griffin. Mr. Griffin. Great. Yeah. So a New Mexico judge on Tuesday disqualified him. Who He's a county commissioner. He had apparently founded something called Cowboys for Trump. Mm. Uh, and he disqualified him from serving in public office ever again. He has been barred for life, effective immediately under the 14th Amendment, because he took part in the insurrection after taking his oath as Mm. as a county commissioner. So this makes him the first official in more than 100 years to be removed under the Constitution's bar on insurrectionists holding office. Wow. Which is a really good thing. So this is a little known provision that was included in the wake of the Civil War as a way to exclude those who were part of the Confederacy from holding public office again. It was used in the 1860s, but has been very rarely invoked since the 1860s. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. So per the court filing, though Griffin, Mr. Griffin, did not Mm -hmm. personally engage in violence, he, quote, incited, encouraged and helped normalize the violence on January 6th, citing his participation in chants and filming videos of himself at the Capitol for social media. The judge who disqualified him, Judge Francis Matthew, wrote, quote, he took an oath to support the Constitution of the United States and then engaged in that insurrection after taking his oath. Mm -hmm. So his removal from office was called for by the NAACP last month after the Otero County Commissioner was convicted for breaching the U.S. Capitol. The NAACP also alleged that he tried to disenfranchise voters, which Mm. is something that he did do. And again, it's this very worrying, very dangerous trend that we have seen cropping up all over as like midterm elections were happening. And as we can expect to see with the presidential election, people on the right are just straight up not conceding. (laughs) They're just like, nope, it's rigged. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to just say that I won. There's another woman. Trump started a trend. (laughs) Yeah. Another woman, I think her name is Lori Loomer. If you have not looked her up, oh boy yeah because she basically did the same thing can't remember what state she's in but she basically was like nope i didn't lose i'm going to congress because i didn't lose i'm the that's my seat what do you do i mean (laughs) they're not gonna let her in there but it's right it is a very worrying thing right and it's led to this place where we've got dark brandon biden calling uh (laughs) calling the far right fascists because of things like this. So it's a really, really good thing that we are telling public officials that you cannot be a part of a coup 
yeah. against your country after taking an oath to uphold the Constitution right. and ever hold public office again. You know, that's what I hope we do with Trump. <laughs> it's like, you honestly, can't be, you can't you can't do this like you can't. You can't have, put our comfort, our country in jeopardy and then turn around and take power again. It right. just doesn't make any yeah. sense. You can't facilitate a coup against the country that you want to lead. Yeah. But I just true. I truly can't see Trump being able to run again. But I feel like every time I think of that, I'm like, oh, God, who who worse is going to take his place? That's always my first thought. It's just like Trump is in and of itself terrible but all of his followers are even yeah. scarier yeah you know? I mean I do think he is going to try to run again uh did you see that Fox and Friends clip it's wild times we are living in so Fox and Friends who we all remember from the Trump presidency yeah they were basically just like they let Trump get on and rant about things yeah. constantly they were just yes people to Trump throughout and one of the people on Fox and Friends just stated a statistic just stated a real statistic from polling which as we know is flawed but he right. was like you know the majority of republicans are now polling that they would not vote for trump interesting or like yeah they that they would vote for ron DeSantis or somebody ahead of him and immediately after that one of the other people on fox and friends was like now listen uh, mr president because i know you watch like just th- those aren't our numbers um, oh we, my we got gosh. those numbers from cnn we're just repeating the numbers we believe in you mr yeah, president yeah. we still think that you are so number one in our hearts and yeah. in our lives yeah. so don't even worry so maybe those numbers aren't even real i mean we just don't want to make you mad don't want to make daddy mad um oh so, god don't say daddy well oh, yeah. listen that's kind of how these people i know but it's like <laughs> uh, Noah Bookbinder, who's the president of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. I wonder what his family did historically for a living. I thought the same thing. <laughs> Bookbinder. I'm like, well, there you have it. I love those non-creative last names where they're just like shoemaker and you're like, great. We <laughs> you know exactly what your family did. Great. Yeah. Um, so he helped to represent New Mexico residents in the lawsuit against Griffin because New Mexico is actually for all of its faults and all of its weirdness. Right. You know, because my family is from New Mexico. You were born there. I was born there. Um, it is a blue state. Yeah. Mostly. I mean, I think it's sometimes been purple, but it is largely a blue state. So right. the residents had a lawsuit against Griffin and Noah Buckbinder summed it up perfectly saying, quote, this decision makes clear that any current or former public officials who took an oath to defend the U.S. Constitution and then participated in the January 6th insurrection can and will be removed and barred from government service for their actions. And the court's decision sent a message that powerful people can't rise up against the execution of the laws of the United States and the peaceful transition of power without consequences. And the country needs to be protected against those who would undermine our democratic principles. Exactly. So here's hoping. I mean, this guy, it's a, it is a very good thing because Cooey Griffin, whoever that is, cowboy for Trump, he was planning on running for sheriff. It's got to be county. Cowley. Cowboy, Cowley. It doesn't have an L in it. It's just C-O-U. Oh, Cowie. It's got to be Cowie. Why? Yeah. He's Cowboys. I'm sure he's playing on his name. I'm, I'm going with Cowie. It's, mm, it's an interesting name. Never it, heard it. It is, truly. If your is name unique. is Cowie, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know if we're saying it wrong. I mean, I guess I could have watched a video article and probably could have, nah. they probably would have told me, but, nah. <laughs> but it is, it's good because he was planning on running for a sheriff. And this sends a message that's like, 
not going to no, happen. You don't get to have that kind of power over other people's lives. And I hope that this starts a, you know, domino effect with other officials who took part Certainly. in January 6th. Certainly. Yeah. We can only hope, honestly. Yeah. Why don't we take a quick break? Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Okay, and we're back. All right, so we were talking a little bit about how climate change is affecting us right now with this unbelievable heat wave. Yep. But there are some parts of the world that are being unbelievably devastated by climate change. And right now, Pakistan is one of those countries that is really seeing the harsh realities of it. It is underwater, essentially. Their flooding is absolutely terrible. The flooding has most likely killed more than 1,300 people, destroyed more than 1.2 million homes, and affected 30 million people. About one-third of Pakistan's landmass is underwater, which is about 95,000 square miles, or about the size of Wyoming. Wow. Yeah. If you've seen the pictures, it is... It's truly, it's it's so sad. The power of water, I think we oftentimes forget about it, you know, yeah. especially since we live in a state that is more threatened by like wildfires uh, more often. But whenever you think about like Hurricane Katrina or Sandy, um, yeah, or, any, yeah. <laughs> any mass flooding situations, yeah, that is so scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's there's really nowhere to run. It's, it's terrible. So like I said, this is most likely a result of climate change. Uh, scientists suggest that this quote super flood was made by global heating, which drives fiercer rains. Pakistan is also at greater risk because of its warm, wet climate already. And so I guess that there is a typical monsoon cycle where they do get like really, really heavy torrential rainfall, but it's never gone on for this long and it's never been this severe. Pakistan's climate change minister Sherry Raymond said that they've never seen an unbroken cycle of monsoon rains like this before. It's been going on for eight weeks, leaving huge swaths of the country underwater. Imagine just rain for eight straight weeks. Yeah, I can't. It's I mean, you can't go outside. What do you do? 
it's yeah, terrible. I don't know. I mean, and you know, like with any national national, like with any natural disaster, you're definitely seeing things like outages, like you know, um, that's 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 very. There's so much loss losing, of property too. Yeah, it's losing just, property, losing um, energy. Like, what do you do? You've got eight weeks of what your electricity not working. Not yeah. being able to go anywhere, not being able to go to work, not being able to work from home. Right. Like that's. And so much of this is made worse because this is still technically, and I really don't like referring to countries as, as, as this, but it's a developing country, as they say. And so they say that a lot of the buildings, roads and power lines are less fortified than in developed countries and weather tracking and emergency services are not as advanced as well, which is really all of this is very unfair because Pakistan gives off some of the least amount of greenhouse gases out of any country, yet they are eighth most at risk in the world by the Global Climate Risk Index. So it truly is unfair. This country that is building itself up and really isn't doing that much damage to the world is getting such drastic, horrible effects. Well, unfortunately, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, it's the same thing that the same conversation that people have when they're talking about billionaires not caring about uh, you know, the emissions that they're putting out or the harm they're doing to the planet because they have enough money and resources to make sure that themselves and their families are safe in case of a climate emergency. Exactly. And, you know, everyday people don't have those same resources. It's kind of the same thing where like the nations that have more resources uh, have more of an ability to keep themselves more Protected, insulated. Yeah. yeah. Whereas other countries just won't be able to. And that it... <sighs> It's yeah. so selfish. It sucks so much. It, it is incredibly selfish. So I had mentioned property damages earlier, and property damages are expected to reach $10 billion. And lost crops have also led to a 27% price increase on foods. So that's another thing that Pakistanis are really struggling with, is being able to afford food to survive all of this as well, which is making everything that much more difficult. So well, climate... Yeah. yeah, even getting food in and out of the country has got to be really difficult. You can't drive it in. No. From, you know, infrastructure is getting destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So climate activists believe that developed countries should establish a mechanism for providing relief for climate change related disasters in developing countries. As far as the crisis in Pakistan goes, the UN has launched a $160 million relief program for Pakistan for aid. The only thing that's unfortunate about this is that it's just specifically for aid and rescue. It's not to help prevent things in the future. So it's a band-aid. Yeah, it is. But yeah. I mean, at this, uh, they need it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like relief and aid needs to be sent to this country, but there also needs to be more done because this isn't changing. They're also experiencing incredible heat waves like we are. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going on for like months at a time. Yeah. I mean, it's like whenever I was talking about the major heat wave that was happening in Europe uh, a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. devastating heat wave, people are dying and it's only going to get worse. Like every single climate scientist is like, this is going to become a normal part of our summers. Things yeah. are only going to get hotter. We are going to continue to see deaths yeah. <laughs> um, because of this. 
because at this point you can't even reverse it. Like yeah. you can stop it. From we can maybe worse. stop. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then even I'm thinking about winter. We think about was it this past year that no, it was two years ago that yeah. Texas had yeah. that really terrible winter. Where and Ted, Ted Cruz, Cruz was like goodbye. Fled yeah. to Mexico with yeah. his daughter. Um, you know, it's our summers are going to get hotter. Our winters are going to get colder. Like we are, we are not prepared for this, and we are also selfish that we're not able to put aside what we need to be able to support each other for these disasters in the future. So I'm, I'm hoping that there are enough people that are uh, devoted enough to this, both inside and outside of politics that will help make some form of change. But really I feel like what's so disheartening is that there really hasn't been much change in our like climate culture, I guess you could call it in the past few years. Like I really haven't heard of many positive changes well I think people are trying the problem is that these things are being that are being implemented on like a personal responsibility level are just not enough you know like you can to make a global change right you can recycle clothing you can use metal straws you can bring your own grocery bags like you can do all of these things and it's not that they have no impact you know trying to live more sustainably it's just it's all so small yeah it's not it doesn't feel like enough and then I know I've been guilty of this and I know it's a sentiment that I've heard a lot of other people have where people are getting like bitter about the fact that they're like, why do I have to change everything about the way that I function on a daily basis to see such a small amount of impact um, in terms of protecting the environment whenever the people who really need to be doing the change aren't doing anything, aren't doing it like these big corporations. It's selfishness. Billionaires, really, really rich people like and because what you said is exactly true. All of these people don't have to think about these problems because they they know they're protected. They're living in a very privileged mindset right. where they don't have to consider uh, the effects of other people in these times. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's it's so devastating. It's very very sad. So, you know. Do you have some better news for us? <laughs> I do. Okay, good. I do. So, country singer Marin Morris. Have you heard about this? Oh, of course yeah, I've heard. Been kind of I I adore Marin Morris. I think she's great. I don't know any of her music. I really only know one song super well, but after I I know her song, um, I could use a love song. I heard it like on a TV show or something, and I was like, I like this. And she and Margot Price and a few other like female country singers are very outwardly liberal and they really piss off most country fans like I believe Maren Morris wasn't invited to the CMAs or something Maybe there's been a few other artists where like they don't associate with the country music culture and world and very much fight against it yet they still live and perform within that world it's very fascinating well because you should be able to make and enjoy that music and it's also it is a big cultural touchstone for a lot of us that were, you know, spent time living in the Midwest or the South. Yeah. Like, country music is more than just this patriotic thing that it became after 9-11. Like, yeah. And I do enjoy like pop country. Do you listen to Casey Musgraves? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I listened to a little bit of Casey Musgraves. I really love Margot Price personally. She did a great cover of You Don't Own Me right after all the abortion stuff went down and she adds a little line in there that's like very specific to the times. Great. There are good country music people out there, I swear. (laughs) Absolutely. And I love this shift of like divorcing country music from those specific politics. Yes. And it's a very small, I feel like it's a small handful of these people, but they really piss off 
the country music industry and its fans a lot, which I love. Shout out to the chicks for being the OGs. For, <laughs> oh know? my gosh, for real. They paved the way. They, they really did. They really did. Uh, so... This all started when Brittany Aldean, who is the wife of country music singer Jason Aldean, boo, boo, made a transphobic remark during like a get ready with me style Instagram video of herself doing her makeup. I guess she has some kind of line of something. I don't know if it's makeup or skincare or whatever, but in makeup for the right, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In the video, Brittany Aldine says, quote, quote, I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life, which is really messed up on like a lot of. I was going to say there's a lot to unpack with this. Let's talk about the term tomboy. Yeah, because <laughs> I both love and detest it at the same time, because I think that it's kind of a. It's a cute moniker to give yourself. You can refer to yourself as kind of a tomboy, but I don't like this pigeonholing that it does with women that makes them different because they enjoy things that like girls aren't supposed to enjoy. Right. I mean, I think it's it's interesting because I've heard a couple of different schools of thought about the word tomboy from people who either self-identify that way or, or, or are gender queer or gender fluid right. now. Um, and I think... On the one hand, it was a way, a socially acceptable way yeah. of being able to... To express in, something that's quote-unquote masculine. Right, yeah. yeah. And it was a way that, like, generally, yes, of course, there were people who didn't accept that term, but you could kind of get away, in quotes, with being... Yes. Like, enjoying, quote-unquote, masculine things, Um and people would be like, oh, she's just a tomboy. Yes. It's, it's okay. You know yeah. what I mean? She's And usually I feel like that means they're going to grow out of it. Yes. Usually That's a tomboy is it's like, you know, they enjoy, you know, the romping around when they're young. But once they get older, they're going to start getting interested down. in boys. Yeah. And they're going to want to play with makeup right. and all of the right. girly things that they were supposed to love as exactly. a kid is going to come to them. So you on, know? The, on the one hand, it is this thing that allows you to have this gender expression when you're young, right. you know, and, and be kind of protected in that way. But again, people do generally think of it as like a phase. Right. And then also, yes, it is very gendered like you know it's saying tomboy means that you're which is you know yeah so definitely that and yes there's there's a lot of things that are really weird and messed up and wrong with her statement and then her husband jason commented lmao i'm glad they didn't too because you and i wouldn't have worked out i there (laughs) there are so many i cannot stand Fucking straight dudes when they find out that someone is trans or if someone makes some sort of joke about that and they're just like, no, I'm not transphobic. I just like I would never do that or I would. It's just I don't know. It just it seems so fucking transphobic when people have to point out how straight they are that they would never be with you if you were trans. Yes, it is. It's very weird. And for me, I wouldn't think of that as like a cutesy thing to say because you are reducing me to my, my gender, my gender and my genitalia. Like that is how it feels to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm like, okay, you, so you wouldn't, you're, are you my soulmate, but you wouldn't love me if I didn't look like this or didn't Precisely. identify this way, but I was still me. That yeah. would be a problem, you know? And so I don't know. That feels weird to me. Yeah. And then two days later, singer-songwriter Cassidy Pope criticized Brittany Aldine's comments on social media. She said, quote, you'd think celebs with beauty brands would see the positives 
would see the positives in including LGBTQ plus people in their messaging. But instead, here we are hearing someone compare their tomboy phase to someone wanting to transition. Real Mm -hmm. nice. And that's when Marin Morris, who's a country singer, replied to her message in a tweet saying, quote, it's so easy to like not be a scumbag human. Sell your clippings and zip it. Insurrection Barbie. (laughs) So I guess she sells clippings. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Aldine doubled down on being a shitty person by responding to the backlash in a lengthy statement where she wrote that, quote, advocating for the genital mutilation of children under the disguise of love and calling it gender affirming care is one of the worst evils. Did do they have a son and did you have your son circumcised? They have daughters. Okay, because I was going to say that's also technically genital mutilation as well. And a trans, first of all, and not even as well, I don't consider a a decision that you have made to affirm your gender to be like, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, if we're going to get like technical on this and then saying that that is genital mutilation, one doesn't make any sense. And two, it shows how little education she has on childcare for people who are going through transition or who do have you know, who are on the non-binary spectrum. Wow, I can't speak. But it just shows her lack of education because I think that the people on the right have this idea of a child coming out and then going into surgery the next day. Right, yes. Instead of understanding the intricacies of what it means for someone to be both psychologically and physically supported within their transition, instead of seeing it in such a grotesque, way and it really is it's it's very similar to how the baby killer message about abortion really sticks in people's minds because it's very emotion it's really driven on emotion right I feel like referring to something as genital mutilation also stirs up a lot of emotion in people and will prevent them from getting that education about it yeah I mean and the right has been very deliberate in their messaging and it has centered very much around children. We have to save the children. We have to protect the children. It's the same thing we saw with QAnon. We see it yeah. with anti-tracers. We see it. Um, it's this great disguise that they attempt absolutely, to use. Absolutely, because yeah. everybody can get behind wanting to keep children safe. So if they can just find a way to twist absolutely anything and make it about keeping children safe, then you know who could who could argue with that. I have to raise my hand for a question. Yes, ma'am. If keeping children was safe was so important, why did nothing happen after Sandy Hook? Uh, yeah. Why does Matt Gates still get to represent our country whenever, like, didn't he traffic like a seventeen-year-old? He's a fucking pedophile. Like, so, I, I don't, I don't get it, and I want out. No, it's it. It doesn't make sense. It's a false equivalency. It's not about keeping children safe, or else they would have provisions that protect twelve-year-olds. Who there get would pregnant. be gun safety. There would be birth control. There would be more mental health access and support for people who are going through transition, who are coming out. All of these different things. If you truly want to protect children, you're going to put those resources in place. Yeah. Rather than blasphemously saying these clickbait messages. On your social media. It's disgusting. Yeah. No, it's it doesn't make any sense. Um, but it is very deliberately done. And if you look at any big ticket issue on the right, that is almost always what they're pointing to. They're right. almost always saying, you know, whether it's banning books or it's kids getting being able to go to drag queen. 
drag queen brunches or yeah. what have you, you know. It's all for the kids, apparently. Mm-hmm. Just to keep them safe. So she conti- uh, she continued in her post by comparing being transgender to one of her children wanting to be a dinosaur or a cat. You know, this was like when gay marriage was legalized and they were like, what's next? We can marry our pets? It's like, you people are so stupid. Yeah, what's wrong with you that that's... <laughs> the two do not equate, but they, okay. They certainly do not. Um... The response to this was largely negative, resulting in Jason Aldean's PR team of 17 years announcing that it was dropping him. Oh, shit. His PR team was like, no, we, we can't. We can't clean this one up. This, Sorry, buddy. This looks really bad for us. Uh, later that day, Brittany appeared on Tucker Carlson to defend her comments. During that segment, Carlson described Marin Morris as a, quote, lunatic country music person. Yep. <laughs> oh, have you seen her merch? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. I'm Were getting, you going to mention that? that? Okay, yeah. get to it. Get to it. <laughs> so the next day, she, Marin, uh, Marin Morris, shared a screenshot from the show on Twitter with the caption, hashtag new profile pic. And it is a pic of her. And then underneath it, like Fox News is so silly. Like the fact that they put lunatic country music person, like in, in writing. Yeah. Like underneath her. It wasn't just something that. Tucker, Tucker said. said like somebody wrote that and put it and so she screenshotted it and was like new profile pic on her on Twitter she later shared a photo of a t-shirt with a link to her website the t-shirt includes her name and lunatic country music person and then a phone number for trans lifeline a peer support and crisis hotline for transgender people she said the proceeds for the shirt would be split between trans lifeline and the transgender media program at glad um, which, yeah, an LGBTQ media advocacy group. They put that in here. I, that was a copy paste. They put that in here and I'm like, yeah, we know what GLAD is. Well, everyone knows what fucking GLAD is. <laughs> um, just two hours after that, she said that the shirt had raised $63,000. And then on Saturday, she said that the total had surpassed $100,000. So wow. I don't know how much it has made since Saturday, but we can guess more money. Um, both the Trans Lifeline and Glad thanked Marin Morris. They said, Marin, huge thanks for your support of a world where trans people have all that we need to survive and thrive. And that was from Trans lifeline but uh the shirts are great if you feel so inclined if you want one i think they're still for sale yeah we can put a link in the bio or in the show notes or whatever yeah uh and you can also i'm sure find it all over her social media as well um but i just thought that that was so great it's this thing that's just like pointing out how absolutely ridiculous and hateful this thing is and turning it into a positive and it's nice to see so much support for Marin Morris. I, I have seen a lot of Team Brittany in comments for things as well, which if you want to out yourself like that, I mean, I guess that's on you. I guess. Uh, but I thought that was really great of her. Thank you, Marin. Yes. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So those are all the news topics we have for you today. If there's anything that you want us to cover next week, you can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with your fellow listeners on the group page. We've got some merch available as well if you want to hit that link in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, we would love to see a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate it. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.